friends, it's so good to be back with you guys again. We are Nathaniel and Amy White, the homemade family. Hello, hello. You can find our other podcasts and all the things that we've done on our website at www.thehomemadefamily.com. On our YouTube channel, just search for The Homemade Family, Nathaniel and Amy White. And anywhere podcasts are found, search for Insight Now, The Homemade Family. We do hope if you enjoy this that you will uh, like, comment, share, and uh, go check out some of our other things as well. Yes. Yes. So we are excited today to talk about going back to school. Today <laughs> is our back to school episode. And um, I don't know about you, but <laughs> it, it's been a little bit of a rough transition for us back to school. Um, we, in the past, uh, we take school year by year, whether we're going to send our kids to school or whether we're going to homeschool, whether some are going to go and some are going to stay home. And this year, we sent our younger three back to school. So they are in seventh grade fifth grade and fourth grade yep. at the local private school. And we are homeschooling our 10th and 9th graders still. And um, in years past, uh, for three solid years, we have homeschooled all five of them. And before that, I think we sent them all five for a, a year or two. And before that, we've just bounced around and done multiple things. But anyway, I know that a lot of people are probably dealing with a lot of the things that we're dealing with. And so we just wanted to come on here and talk about some of the things that we have been experiencing in this transition back to school and out of summer schedules. And uh, and then some of the talks that we've done with our kids and some of the ways that we're handling some of the stuff that we're bumping up against. So Yeah, we just figured if it's been helpful for us, it'll be helpful for other people as well. So uh, especially if you've got kids who are going to school, this episode is absolutely for you. Um, yes, indeed. I don't know. I just really quick, I want to say this because it was, it was something you said in your intro uh, reminded me of this because she said, you can find everything we've done on our website, um, all the stuff, all the content we've produced and made and things like that. Like, for example, do you know if you go to our website, you can find a class we did about talking to your kids about sex and sexuality. Um, that would be a super super helpful class right now, especially if your kids are in kids public, are schools public schools or and private schools. Some of those things. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to mention that you can go onto our website, uh, thehomemadefamily.com org dot com dot com, mm -hmm. and uh, and find that. Anyway, good resources. So, um, so, uh, funny story was you know, we decided to send our kids to school and it, they haven't been there in a number of years. They have been asking for all of those years, hey, when can we go back to school? We miss our friends. We want to see friends. We want to spend more time with friends. You get the idea. And so when we said, guess what? You're going back to back to the school this year. Um, the three who are going, they were all over the moon excited. Uh, you know, the second day of school, they had their backpacks on, their shoes on their feet. They were ready to walk out the door 30 minutes before they needed to leave. They were actually already sitting in the car. I was like, guys, we can't go yet. Like the doors don't open. <laughs> yeah. They were that excited for school. The next day, two of the three of them were begging us to go back to homeschooling. Yeah. And I mean, like you could feel the depressed atmosphere in our home. It was like, 
that hardcore of a change. Um, it was not like, oh, I'm tired of this. It was like, I hate this. Please don't send me back there. And so, um, you know, that wasn't any kind of reflection on the school. The school does a great job. I just want to be clear about that. Oh, excuse me. I just want to be clear about that. But one of the things that we then have had to have several talks with our kids about is just guarding their heart. And this is applied in homework that has felt particularly burdensome and onerous. Um, this has applied to just going to school at all. This has applied to, hey, we forgot how convenient homeschool is and how we can be done by lunchtime some days. And now we're in school all day and then we come home and we still have homework to do. <laughs> and so this is applied in a lot of different areas for us. Um, but guarding your heart is a cornerstone of the book of wisdom in the Bible, the book of Proverbs, where, where the, uh, in chapter three, it says, guard your heart above all else, guard your heart for from it flow the streams of life. And, um, and so that's what this comes down to. And that's why we had this conversation with them is like, Hey, you seem to be experiencing a lack of life right now. Like you're not fully thriving in life in a situation that is actually good. Like, Hey, yeah, there's situations that are bad, but going to school is not one of them. Like there are good people. There are good teachers. It's good education, a good environment. Like this is a good situation. You have the ability and capacity to thrive in life in this place. So, um, that means the difference is what's going on between your ears about your situation. Um, and so um, what we said to them was, if you want to enjoy your school year, you have to guard your heart towards it. What does that mean? It means um, that you need to look for the positive things that are going on and not just fill your mind with the negative things. There's going to be both. Guess what? There would be both no matter what you did for school this year. If you homeschooled, there would be good and bad. If you private schooled, there would be good and bad. If you public schooled, there would be good and bad. If you didn't school at all, there would be mostly bad. Um, but there's gonna be good and bad with any decision you make about your kids schooling. So what, what are you gonna focus on? That's how you guard your heart, is by focusing on the good things that are going on, celebrating the victories, celebrating the engagement with the process and keeping vision for what you're there for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I would say that guarding our hearts isn't just our kids. It's us also um, as parents. I know that, uh, you know, um, one of the keys that I have found to helping me um, not be frustrated with morning process or all the homework in the evening and, you know, sometimes feeling like I'm dragging kids through this is definitely guarding my heart but it's also then taking time to prepare what's the you next know? question what's the next question what's the next question would you would you answer the next question right the other day i told one of my kids i'm like i feel like i'm working harder on your homework than you're working on your homework um and instead of getting frustrated with that you know it's just it's really guarding my heart like instead of seeing this as oh my goodness they have so much homework school is so hard or i have to be up so early in the morning i say you know what look at this this is great connection time so i'm always looking for the way to like that this is fulfilling something in my heart that i desire 
Like I desire connection with my kids. And so I can spend time working on their homework with them without getting frustrated because I actually enjoy spending time with my kids. Um, I can get up early in the morning to make sure that I'm ready even before they get up. Not really ready. Like I don't get ready for the day before they get up because that would be way too early. (laughs) But I am getting up and making sure that when they come down, I'm actually there so that I can help them through the process of packing lunches and and just getting things together. And that really does make for a smoother um, transition in the morning time. And then guarding my heart towards that. And I've been telling myself a lot lately, this is how I worship the Lord by showing up for my kids. <laughs> this is how I love my family by helping pack lunches. Like this is my spiritual act of worship is by being there to get them up, to help them be ready to prepare their breakfast for them. Or sometimes they just make their own breakfast. Sometimes I make breakfast for them, but actually really using this as a place of offering to the Lord and worship and practicing Thanksgiving all the time. Like I'm so thankful that I have, you know, I can get up and have the smells of coffee and sausage in the morning, you know, like look for the place where we can really like enter in and Thanksgiving. And that's really a good way to help guard our heart towards these things. So um, as I'm hearing you talk about some of those things, I'm, I'm thinking of like, what would you say to somebody who like, maybe it's a single mom or single dad and they're having to handle like sole income and whatever that work schedule is, or maybe it's multiple jobs and, and still trying to handle those things for kids. Um, like, do you have any thoughts on what you would say, how, how to help those kinds of parents engage with that process? Like you were just talking about. Yeah, obviously it depends on a parent's work schedule and other things, but usually looking for, um, you know, I used to do that, get up and go to work and half the mornings I was gone even before my kids were getting up, but my husband was around, but if he weren't, then that would make a whole different situation. So, um, you know, just again, it's, it's cultivating thankfulness in our hearts. You know, thank you, Lord, that I have a job to go to. Thank you that my kids are able to go through this process and have an education, a really good education, you know, practicing Thanksgiving towards the education, the education that they are getting, because really there are many nations in the world where kids are under like in oppressive situations and they're not getting education, but education actually helps to get better jobs and higher pay. (laughs) And so working to cultivate thanksgiving in those places. And then um, again, just cutting out. I I was actually watching, I love The Minimal Mom. If you guys don't follow The Minimal Mom, either on YouTube or Pinterest or Instagram, like go find The Minimal Mom, uh, Don Madsen. She's just amazing. And, And she was just talking about even decluttering her fridge so that um, so that it was easy to find what foods are in there. And truthfully, uh, as a if you were a single parent and you were trying to manage kids going to school and other things, I would really work to declutter your life, like cut out all unnecessary extra activities and events so that in this season, you can have um, smooth transition when kids come home from school and getting meals and homework done. Also, I love prep cooking, like spend on a Saturday and cook like all your meals for the week or, you know, make a big pot of chili or tacos or spaghetti sauce and, and freeze it so that you can just put something in the crock pot so you're not worrying about dinner too. And that'll give you the space then to be able to connect with your kids and work on homework and get to bed at a decent hour and things like that. So yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, and I just would add my, my only little 
add addition to that is just, you know, the ways that a lot of the leadership that we do with our kids is, is around how are we going to choose to think about what's going on and what mindset are we going to have about this? And so even if you're in a situation where like an older sibling is needing to kind of take a parental role of getting up and guiding some of that process of getting to school, or if you're having to get all the kids up and get them to a daycare that then sees them off to school or early, early care at school or whatever the situation may be, um, there can still be like, hey, this is still something that we get to be together in. Even if we're getting up early and we're, you know, yeah, it'd be easy to complain, but we're on a common mission and we're working towards it together. And each of us is an important part of that mission that we're all working for together. And so then there can be something that your kids are feeling proud of themselves for. They're not just getting dragged along. They're an important part. And I, I get it. Like there's maybe it feels like you're just salesmanship of something, but it, it really makes a difference in how you think about this. Cause remember where all of this started from is Proverbs three, five and six, that above all else guard your heart for from it flow the streams of life. Yeah. So um, the next, the the most common problem that we have been having so far since our kids have gone back to school really is tiredness and how long it's taking for everything to happen from morning routines, packing lunches, you know, getting things ready to go to going to school all day, coming home and doing, you know, homework and other things. And the yeah. kids are getting tired. And so what we have found is super helpful is that remember that this is just temporary. Anytime you start something new, your brain does not already have the neural pathways connected to make routines and things simple. And so as your child is going back to school, they're probably extra tired in this season, which can lead to crabbiness, which can lead to other things. Um, encourage them and also how long it's taking to get their school done or their homework done. Have grace for yourself, have grace for them because oh, it's yeah. good to remind them like this is new. Please remember that you don't have the neural pathways already connected. You're forging new neural pathways, you're forging new routines, you're forging new habits. And those things can take up to 21 days to actually become routine and habit and to get in that till it goes faster. And I even had to remind myself of this. You know, I remembered like, oh yeah, remember at the beginning of every school year, even for homeschool, I typically at the beginning of a homeschool year, don't start with all the subjects, all the days. I usually start with, um, yeah, I usually start with uh, leaving off like the science and the history and spelling for a week or two to get them in the routine of everything else. And then I add those subjects in after a week or two so that we have a little extra breathing space. Now, our kids who are going back to public school or private school, they don't have the option to, to, to ease in slowly. They are in the deep end fast. Yeah. And, um, and so having that opportunity and just reminding them like, hey, this will get better. Remember last year, it took us all day when we started the school year. But by the end of the school year, you're getting done super fast. So reminding your kids that that to have grace for themselves, that they are learning new routines and structures and their brain is working really hard to, to get that right now. And then remind them that soon it will all happen really fast and automatically. 
Yeah. We have a, um, a comment here from Stacy. Hi, Stacy. It's so good to have you join us. So the teachers are tired too. My first two weeks were full of being exhausted, having headaches and a sore throat from all the talking. This is so true, especially all the homeschool mamas. Again, grace for yourselves um, and for the teachers that are back teaching in public schools and private schools. It is a lot of work. There's a lot of new neural pathways being developed. And so you're just extra tired because everything, your brain is really having to work harder in this season to make this stuff happen. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think that that probably is enough said, but I just want to give a practical example of that experientially. If you think of just some time when you've been driving to somewhere new and how much more you have to pay attention to every little detail. Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Is this where I make my turn? Is this where I make the next turn? How far is it to my next turn? You know, is this the house I'm going to? What's the address? Which side of the street is it on? All of those things that you that you have to figure out when you're trying to drive to a new place. But then once you've driven there a handful of times and you've got this thing memorized, you could almost drive it blindfolded. It feels like no, never drive blindfolded. But, you know, like, you know, but it, you know, it feels like that where you could almost drive it blindfolded because you're so used to the way that you go and you, you don't need to pay attention to the details. It's very easy. And so the same thing is happening for most students coming into the school year, for a lot of the teachers coming into the school year, all of us are making these transitions. And so just grace to you, grace to your kids, grace to the teachers. All of us are going through radical transition and it's good. just takes a little bit of time for it to normalize. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about handling homework quick. And then I think we're gonna talk about uh, how to stay connected when your kids are gone all day <laughs> and uh, and then we'll be wrapping up. So real quick on handling homework. Um, what we have found, you know what? Every family is going to be different. And oh so I highly encourage you guys to, sorry about that. I highly encourage you guys to silence your phones <laughs> before you get on the podcast. Um, <laughs> to uh, experiment with what works best for homework. Um, so for our kids, I know they're in school all day. That's a lot of just having to, to sit down and be quiet and, and stuff. And so when they come home right away, we let them run and play and get their Kindle time out. And then um, we eat dinner. And immediately after dinner, we all sit down in this family and work on homework and do some quiet reading time. But we have been hearing uh, a couple of our students, especially one in particular, who's really struggling with the difficulty of it. And he was like, you know, I'm just, I can't do this. I don't know how, again, reminding them that school is supposed to be tough (laughs) because they're learning new things. If they already knew it, they wouldn't need to learn it. But I I just, and this- (laughs) Newsflash. (laughs) Newsflash, if you already knew it, it wouldn't be school, you wouldn't be learning, right? Right. Um, But I just loved this line. I told him, you know what? School is tough, but you're tougher. You know, like this is tough, but you're stronger. So. Coming back to their identity and just reminding them, but also really using homework as connection time. You know, sometimes in the evenings, I know, especially single parents, like we get busy and we're running around and we're doing all the things. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just love 
the process of learning with my kids. And so using that time to not just be like, you go do your thing and do it alone and struggle with it and whatnot, but I actually just sit down with them and be like, hey, let's everybody come to the table together. You know, not everybody off in their rooms. Let's come to the table together as a family and let's all work on homework at the same time. Um, and then we do a family reading time where the kids have to do their own book reading for their reading classes and stuff. And then uh, I also read, like, I'm going to join you in this and make this part of connection and relationship instead of just, you got to get your stuff done. So. Yeah. So we just put on a pot of boiling water and make some tea for everybody. Everybody gets their little cup of tea and we sit down and we read and it ends up being a good time date that we have together. Um, so there's just little things that you can do. You know, the difference between doing homework like this and doing homework like this and is for those listening, <laughs> yes. that is separated and far away or actually, you know, touching them. If I draw up near to my child and put, a, right. put an arm around them or, yep. you know. Uh, or scratch their back or just, yep. there's little things that you can do. If you remember our story that we told in I don't remember which episode of probably our love languages. And we talked about our son, Simeon, who um, just, we could tell he was feeling disconnected. And so there was a day, Amy set the entire day aside just to restore connection with him and get his love tank filled up and like took him on a special outing and played games with him and did all these things with him all day long. And at the end of the day, he's still crying, feeling disconnected. She's like, what do I do? And, and it finally comes out. He just wants to be held like, oh, this is touch, physical touch. He needs to be touching us. And so especially for him, we pay attention to those things. If I'm going to help him with homework, I'm going to be touching him while I'm doing it so that he feels connected and he feels loved while we're accomplishing a task together. Yeah, that's great. So maintaining connection while our kids go to school and, um, you know, this can be for homeschoolers too. just great places. How do we keep the connection? First of all, you know, Nathaniel jumped in with that, like love languages. If you didn't hear our love languages podcast, you can go out and search love languages everywhere, but you can go back and listen to our love languages podcast as well. I think it's under the four keys of um, great relationships. And if you know your kid's love language, then make sure that you're loving them in their love language, you know, multiple times a day when you see them in the morning, when they come home and then right before bed. Um, Which again, if you're learning something new, there's a bit of a process to like, eventually it, you, it just becomes the way that you interact with them. You're just, <laughs> there are words of affirmation. So you're praising them more frequently or their physical touch. So you, you just are in the habit. Like eventually those things become habit, but it might sound like, oh, they're asking me to add all this extra stuff and I have to think about all of it. And like, yeah, in the beginning, but it gets normal. Mm -hmm. So um, it was, there's, a, there's a, a study that's done that says that people need eight hugs a day just to maintain health and 12 hugs a day really to, <laughs> oh, my husband keeps hugging me to really grow and develop. And so especially looking for those key transition times to hug or touch your child, like first thing when they wake up and come down the stairs in the morning or um, the first, you know, right when they come home after school it might just be a quick, you know, side hug, grab their arm, whatever, just that quick touch. And then 
um, right before bed at night too are again key times of transition that will help your kids to feel connected Uh, you know no matter how much time you spend together at least that's there to help them yeah um why don't you talk a little bit about some of these yeah so you know if you're like us and you get your kids from school or you just you're homeschooling but you finish your day of school and you were there with them the entire time but you know you're kind of in teacher role and you kind of want to step back into parent role and have more of this relational, less task-oriented connection with them, right? Um, you know, and so you're like, hey, how was your day? Or your spouse comes home and they say, hey, how was your day? What did you do today? Good. What does good mean? <laughs> and it just pretty much dies right there. Yeah. You know, if you have had that experience, here are some questions that we find um, to be a lot more helpful to actually stir up and generate conversation and draw out details from their day. Um, So you can ask questions like, hey, what was a highlight from your day? What was your favorite thing from school? You know, and that's still a bit more general, but you could ask, hey, what made you laugh today? Or how do you like to put it? Like what silly or stupid thing happened that made you laugh today? today? (laughs) Yeah, because we've got four boys and three of them are basically junior hires. So you know, silly and stupid works really well for that yeah. age group right there. But um, uh, another question, like, what was something kind that you saw someone do or that you did today? Um, what was your favorite thing that you learned today? This is one of my my favorite questions to ask because then I actually get to learn what they're learning and hear from class content. And it also reinforces what they're learning. And it just kind of checks a lot of boxes that I like to check. And, uh, and so I'll ask them, hey, what was your favorite thing that you learned today? Or what was something new or interesting that you learned today? Or cringy. That's our family's like new thing. What was cringy today? Like what made you like, oh, this was so oh, embarrassing. Yeah. Or <laughs> Right. Yeah. All those kinds of things. Um, and the, the strategy in this is you're looking for m- moments throughout the day that grab their emotional state. Because those are places that were key in shaping, key in impressions that were made, key, like there's key life that happened in those moments. And when they share that with you, that forms connection. You know, if they just wrote, recite something of their day back to you, like, yeah, there's information exchanged. And so there's some level of connection that happens in that in that exchange, but it's deeper and more profound when it's like, hey, this is something that was an emotional moment for me in the day, and I'm sharing that with you. And now you're you've become a part of that. So there actually is some strategy to it. It's not just like, ooh, these are actually some helpful questions to to pull information out of your kids. Mm-hmm. And then um having a meal together is great oh, if you can handle having Super a meal together that's that's just so good for reconnection and bonding time but really um bedtime also you know when the kids are are kind of tucked in and getting bedded down for the night that's when like they have the quietness and the presence of mind to really think through what's been going on in their day and they'll often begin to talk. And you guys, I will tell you, I am not a night person. By nine o'clock, I am like, 
falling asleep. And so for our family, we've had to really work on, you know, backing up bedtime to start earlier in the night so that I actually have time to get into five different beds before I need to fall asleep. So even my teenagers who are older, you know, it's like I allow them to stay awake later uh, in their bed quietly doing something. However, I do need them at seven o'clock to be getting ready for bed so that we can maintain our family connection and our structures and actually getting to bed at the right time. But but going into their bed and actually spending a little one-on-one -on -one time with them, it doesn't have to be a ton of time, but that's often a really good time when you're going to hear their heart. You're going to hear the struggles. You're going to hear the joys. You're going to hear a lot of the things that you didn't realize that they had mm -hmm. going on because they finally have come to a place that they're quiet enough to um, to really let down and have that conversation. And I just want to throw this in there as far as the whole um, bedtime connection thing. At one point, I asked a, a handful of moms who their children are adult and had their own children. So these were really grandmas. Um, but their kids were still walking with Jesus and they still have a good connection with their parent. And never had, they, they never wandered and needed to come back wandered. to Jesus. Like they just were solid families through and through. Yeah. So I, I just seek out these women and ask them these questions. And I said, what do you feel like you did that really helped you to um, maintain good connection with your child and that it helped them to stay walking with the Lord? And the common theme that I kind of found was that all of these moms would spend time at bedtime with their kids and found that they their kids would really let down and let them into the secret places in their lives when they would go in the bed with them at night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that that's super huge, super important. Um, and, and there's probably a lot more that we could say in that. And, and I just would encourage you, like, if this sounds so completely foreign like this is a foreign culture to wait, your teenagers have to start getting ready for bed at seven and you force them to be in bed so you can tuck them in. Like how childish are you treating them? Like, no, it's not about that. It's just that we, this is how we prioritize connection and they understand it that way. It's not like, I mean, what are they going to be doing instead? You know, they don't drive. They're not going out to work. They're not going out and, hanging out with with friends late at night instead you know so it's like well they're going to be home they might as well be together mm -hmm. if we're gonna if we're if we have this to do why not do it together and so it, it's just this is how we've prioritized connection is we're going to do it together and then the things that they would be staying up doing they can do it in their bed you know there are some boundaries we put put around that you know it's not screens and tv watching or whatever else but um, but that's the heart of it. And so I just want to encourage you to be bold, to make those changes, to cast that vision, to call your kids to it, to say, Hey, I just want a better relationship with you. Like, I love you guys so much. And I want to connect with you. And I want to be, I, I, I want you to be in my life, me to be in your life. And, and I just want to pursue you in this way. You know, like I just, and maybe if that, if you're in a place in your family where even that much would be awkward just like go into their bedroom and be like, Hey, I just wanted to give you one last hug for the day and tell you, I love you. And maybe that's where it starts. 
And maybe you do that for a while, but it eventually starts breaking down some walls and, you know, you can start reading the situation, ask some more questions, you see if the, it can open up some doors and opportunities in conversation. So it, you don't have to start with where we're at. We've been building this for a long time, but if that sounds like, Hey, that would be awesome. I would love that in my family. Then there, you know, you can start with just pieces of it. Yeah. Yeah. And our way isn't the only way. The really Absolutely the key not. is connection. connection. I know another family, they put the younger kids to bed earlier and let the teens stay up later. And then the whole family stays up later in the living room having the conversations. But I'm just, I can't stay up late. So right. for me, that's how our family works. But yeah, anyway, mostly we just wanted to encourage you that if you are feeling like, oh my goodness, it is really hard right now with the new routines and getting people up and the amount of homework the kids are doing and and just uh, how exhausted everybody is, which might be leading to some behaviors. Just remember, this is temporary. <laughs> remember the beginning of the last school year, it was kind of all those same things. And as the kids get into the new routines, as you get into the new routines, everybody will start doing things more quickly and everything will start to flow more smoothly. And so just hang in there. You are going to make it, it will get easier. And we just wanted to encourage you guys with that today. So yes. uh, with that, God bless you. God bless your schooling and the, the, the journey you're on and parenting right now. And um, special note, we will not be here next week, uh, September 23rd, because we are going to my brother's wedding. Um, actually, Friday is the, yeah, that's the 23rd. So catch yep. us in two weeks. We hope to see you then. Bless you. Bye-bye.